Okay, Boker Tov. Today we are going to talk about the flower offerings. The Karba Mincha is called in Hebrew the flower offerings of grain that was brought by a poor person who could not afford to bring a full cow, not even a sheep, not even a little dove or pigeon. So he brings an f- offering of flour. And instead of reading exactly the verses, I'll explain to you outside. It'll be easier, more coherent. There's in total five different kinds of flour grain offerings that a person can bring. It's all different variations of the same thing, but they're variations. So what are the five different variations of grain flour offerings that a poor person could bring? The first one, which is what we'll ta- start talking about in the text of the Torah, is called a minchas solas. That is a, a flour offering where it's unbaked. Where basically it was 11.6 ounces of olive oil poured over the tenth of an apha, which is 2.6 quarts of flour, and you would mix the oil into the flour until it was you know mixed with the flour and oil together. So it's like a dough. Then they would put on the side, they would put incense, a handful of levain, the frankincense, and then we'll learn about salt as well, was put on top of it, not mixed into it, but on top. And this was brought to the temple as this. It's an unbaked mixture of flour, oil, and then on the side is frankincense and salt. The second, and I'll explain all the procedure afterwards. The second kind is called Amar Cheshes. Amar Cheshes is a deep fried dough, kind of like what a donut is. You have a good sufganiyot, jelly donuts. Basically, you take it, you have a pot of oil, and you fry the, the, uh, the dough, the flour, inside the oil. So then they would cook the dough in the oil, then they would break it into smaller pieces. They would put oil and frankincense and salt on top of this fried dough. Delicious. The third kind is called a machavas. It's the same as the deep fried, except it's in a flat pan. So a marcheshes is a deep pan where it's like fried in oil. Machavas is baked in oil, but since it's baked and it's flat, the oil goes away and it becomes like a hard cake, a hard like a cracker more. And the same thing, after it was hard and baked, you'll put oil and frankincense and salt on top of it. The next one is called um, a ma'afeshel chalos, which is deep fried, like a challah, but there's no oil or added afterwards. And then the ma'afeshel tanner, which is the same thing, it's just a flat pan, the same as a machavas, but without the oil and frankincense on top. Okay? Now, what was the procedure? So you have the different flower offering before the procedure. Why does the Torah need to give so many variations of a flower offering? Simple. You can't afford the bird ring? You know, bake the, bake the crackers. Why do we have to have? You can have the flour unbaked. You can have the baked one where it's uh, baked into loaves. It's baked into fat, you know, flat cakes, into crackers. Why so many variations? So it's a beautiful medrash that it says that Hashem, it's like about a poor person. So this poor person was friends with the king. And the king said, I'm going to come over to your house for dinner. It's like a fancy dinner for the king. What should he do? He's a poor guy, doesn't have you know, uh, steaks and all different variations, all different vegetables. What does he have? Potatoes and flour, right? So what does he do? He makes his wife is very creative, very resourceful, and she makes all different kinds of dishes with the same two ingredients. So, you know, how many different ways can you serve potatoes on Pesach? A lot of ways you can serve potatoes. You can mash potatoes, ground potatoes, potato slices, potato uh, pieces, potato this, potato that, right? So you can make the same potato into five different variations. Same with flour, you can make it into this kind of noodle, that kind of thing, that kind of dish. 
So Hashem wants to show the poor person that he's considered valuable in the eyes of Hashem. And therefore, Hashem gives so many variations of how this poor person can bring his simple flower offering to make him feel that there's a whole meal, so much variety, he shouldn't feel like I'm nebach, that's all I can bring. The whole, all the different choices of how to do it. Anyway, he makes this flower offering. In the first case of the solace or the flower that was not yet baked, he will bring it to the Kohen. The Kohen will take one fistful of the flour. And when it says a fistful, it means three fingers. The exact amount of three fingers. And using his thumb and his pinky, he will brush off the end. So he scooped up the amount. It's, it's flour mixed with oil. So it's a kind of like dough. It's sticking together. Brush off the top and the bottom with your thumb and your pinky. So it's an exact kmitsa, an exact fistful. That was burnt on the altar together with the frankincense and the salt. To make sure to put on top of his fistful frankincense and salt. Burnt that on the altar, and the rest of the flour was given to the koadim to bake in any way that they wanted. However, they go pretzels, whatever they wanted to do with it, and they could eat it wherever they want. It was kodesh, kadashim, it was holy to Hashem. Actually, I think it had to eat only in the temple. Okay, let me just check. Yes, they had to eat it in the temple. Then, if you bought the baked chalas, whether the marches, the deep fried or the flat fry with the oil, without the oil, that will be brought. He would break, he would make 10 loaves. All these ingredients were more than 10. He would then take each one of the 10 was broken into half. So there's 20 loaves. So then it would be easy for the Kohanim. You give one loaf to the Kohanim. That's one loaf, which is really broken into half. So it's really two. So it's two halves of a cracker or two halves of this deep fried uh, pastry dish. And they would bring one onto the altar. Um, they, would, they would burn one of them onto the altar. And then the rest were given to the, uh, as a memorial portion. And then the rest was eaten by the uh, priests. Okay, now we're going to talk about some very interesting laws that the Torah tells us in regards to these flower offerings. First of all, that the no chametz is allowed to be used in the making of these loaves that we've been talking about. All of these deep fried in pans and crackers, they were all matzah, meaning they were different forms, but none of them were chametz. And in fact, the Torah tells us clearly that every single offering, kol amincha asa chametz, cannot be made with chametz. Why not? Kichol sa'ar, because no yeast, the chol devash, and no honey may be offered up on the altar before Hashem. So this is true, not just on Pesach, but we're going to get in a second, we'll talk about the exception to the rule, but the general rule was that whenever we talk about flower offerings or chalas being offered on the Mizbeach, the, all of these loaves, we think of loaves as chametz, they were all not with any yeast, they did not have a chance to rise, they were made, they were baked, they were cooked, whatever they were done, before they had a chance to become chametz. So the question is, why? The Torah is saying two different things. Number one, you cannot have any yeast in any of the flour offerings. Number two, no honey. So I think I remember once hearing that that was how they did it. Idols were done with, uh, they bring flour to idols with yeast to make it look big and honey to make it look sweet. So we don't do that. But besides for that, there's, there's a very two important lessons for us from the yeast and the honey. Number one, what does yeast represent? Ego, gaiva, you know, you boasting. When something is inflated with the yeast, it looks like it's, it's showing off this idea of ego. And the entire idea of bringing an offering in the temple is to have a state of humility 
and to feel humble before Hashem, recognizing whether it's because you sinned or you're giving thanks and your gratitude. There's a sense of humility that has to be felt when you bring any flower onto the altar. Therefore, yeast can never be allowed. The same is with honey. When you have something very sweet like honey, if you ever made a syrup, it bubbles very, very quickly. It gets hot. It's very, it bubbles a lot. creates tremendous heat, which is the same idea also of anger, not only anger, of, 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 uh, of the heat, of ego, of gaiva, of showing off where the bubbles go up. So that's one reason why you can't have yeast or honey because of the ego and that pride, and pride that comes with it. There's another important message for us over here in the idea that we have to remove ourselves from indulgence. Honey is sweet. And people like to go after sweetness. So instead of doing eating what's healthy and what's right for them, instead they go after the pleasures of their heart. And therefore, we, the, the idea of bringing the offerings is in order for us to change our own character. We have to internalize what we already discussed the message of the overbringing an offering with the experience it as if we ourselves are being part of this offering. So when you bring flour on the altar, you have to do it in a way that you don't have any sense of self-indulgence. That's the idea of the honey. When you self-indulge, I do things not because it's the right thing for me or because I need to do it. I do it because I want to. It gives me pleasure. And that is not the right way for us to serve God. So to yeast, What's the idea of chametz? I should have done that first, but it's okay. What's the idea of chametz? Taking your time, not running to do a mitzvah. In Yiddish, we call it kratzing. Kratzing means I'm, uh, you know, just scratching myself. I'm not actually uh, moving with alacrity and with speed. And when we do a mitzvah, it has to be done bizrizus. It has to be done with alacrity, with intensity. With we have a mitzvah, the halacha is you have to run to do a mitzvah. So therefore, we cannot bring yeast, which idea of slowness and being, you know, taking your time to do a mitzvah or a honey, which represents self-pleasure. Instead, it has to be crackers that are without chametz or honey. And then the Torah tells you that there's an exception. Even though we just said that you cannot bring honey and you cannot bring yeast into the temple, there's an exception to both. What's the exception? Uh, the first uh, on Shavuos, first of all on Pesach, you bring the Omer offering, which is the first great offering that was brought at the temple, and that was also brought with oil and frankincense. But after the 49 days from the Omer offering, what would they bring in the temple on Shavuos? Two loaves of chametz. Those were loaves that were deliberately made out of chametz. They had to be risen up as, as chametz. So that's one exception. And the exception for the honey is the Bikurim, the first fruits that were brought on Shavuos. They will bring the first fruits of the land of Israel. And what are the first fruits? Dates. Very good. And we call Israel the land of milk and honey. What is the honey referring to? The juice or the, the honey. It's not really honey, but the, the honeyness that oozes out of the dates. So therefore, on Shavuos, we bring both the bread, not uh, matzah or crackers or whatever, I will bring the first fruit, which includes the honey of the of the every single carbon must have salt on it. Every single carbon. This is not true not only for the flower offerings, but even for the um, even for the regular meat offerings that we're going to learn about later. 
every single offering brought onto the altar was brought with salt. Why is that? Because God made a covenant with the salt at the beginning of creation. At the beginning of creation, when God separated the waters above and the waters below, the waters below began to cry. And they said, we don't want to be waters below. We want to be waters above. <laughs> you separated us. So Hashem made a promise then to the water and to the salt of the sea. And he said to them that you will have your special moment on the altar where you will become even holier and more elevated than the salt, than, than the waters above in the heavens. How will that be? So every single carbon has the salt of the sea that's offered on top of it. And on Sukkot, when we have the Nisu Chamayim, when we pour the water, that's the elevation of the water and of the salt in the sea that is, was crying to Hashem. So this is an eternal covenant that Hashem says. It's a covenant for all of time to make sure to uh, bring the salt of God's covenant upon the altar. In addition, salt is a very, very powerful idea to it. What does salt do? What? Strike? Extracts flavor, that's true. But it also preserves. Right? If you want to preserve something, you put in the salt. So you pickle fish, you pickle whatever. It's salt. You salt it, it, it keeps it, it, keeps it uh, forever. And so too, the salt represents the bris, the covenant of us and Hashem, that is forever. Hence, every offering had to have salt in it. And that's why till today, when we have our Shabbos table, really every meal, we have salt on the Shabbos table. This is the of the salt. As a reminder of the salt that was on the on the flower offerings and all the offerings that were brought in the temple by the priests. One more explanation for the salt, which is a beautiful explanation. I share this often with my Shabbos guests because we, as mentioned, we have on our table every single meal, we have the salt on the table to remind ourselves of the fact that no offering, even the meats, were brought on the altar without salt. So, we know the point of the offerings was to elevate everything in the world to a higher state of being. When we brought animals on the altar, it was not a form of killing animals. It was a form of elevate, elevating the animals, bringing them to a higher spiritual state than where they were before. So when you bring an animal, you're elevating the animal kingdom up to Hashem. And obviously the person who bringing the animal is also elevating himself through this process to Hashem. When you bring a flower offering, you're elevating the vegetation to God, the flour, the grains, the frankincense, the, 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 you know, these things, you're elevating vegetation up to Hashem. And when you bring salt, what is salt? Salt is not vegetation. Salt is a mineral. Salt is an inanimate object. So we know that there's, just, there's four levels to the world. There's humans, there's animals, there's, there's vegetation, and there's inanimate objects. So by bringing salt, Together with the flour and then with the which is together with the meats, this elevates not only the animal kingdom, not only the vegetation of the universe, but even the inanimate objects of the universe are being elevated in the spiritual experience of the carbon.